Okay, hello, welcome back to Sad Girl Energy with Bria Hebert. I'm your host, Bria Hebert, and this is the podcast where we do sad girl shit. This is our special anti-Valentine's Day episode. I'm so excited. So if you are not a part of the Instagram poll, I made people vote on Instagram as to whether they were pro-Valentine's Day or anti-Valentine's Day. And obviously my target audience is single people, so anti-Valentine's Day is the way we're going. And I want to say that I've always been anti-Valentine's Day. It's not just because I'm single. When I was in grade one, this guy named Oliver gave me a rose on Valentine's Day and told me he liked me. And for the rest of the day, I was so mad. I left school that day. I saw my mom and I stuck the rose out in front of her with this like sour face. And I was like, I don't want this. And then I marched over to the trash can and threw it away. So even before I knew that Valentine's Day was a corporate holiday created by greeting card companies, I was not a fan. And you know what? The reason I actually hate Valentine's Day has nothing to do with the holiday itself. It's to do with the fact that Valentine's Day forces sadness upon single people like you can be happy about being single and you can be really happy with where you're at in life but valentine's day tries to convince you that it's a bad thing that you're single it's like why can't i just have a day where i love myself instead of having to love some guy who honestly is probably gonna disappoint me i hate valentine's day because i hate the idea that There's this holiday that revolves around making single people feel sad. Like, bitch, that's not why I'm sad. I have like 800 other reasons why I'm sad. Being single is not one of them. I'm happy to be single. Stop trying to sell me this idea that I should be sad and mopey and lonely. Like, no. I'm actually celebrating the fact that I'm not wasting time, energy, and money picking out a gift for a guy who's going to get me something with the sentimental value of an iTunes gift card like women are so thoughtful we make notes write stuff down we want it to be special and men are like I got you this mug because I saw you drink tea once and you're like in your head I hate tea so what other girl was he thinking of when he bought this anyways as per usual I digress we have so much to get to today I cannot wait mercury is about to get out of retrograde and so I am seeing bright things in our future I'm back to falling asleep at 2 a.m. every night and I'm feeling hyped about it. Let's get loud, as J-Lo would say. Trying to figure out a sleep schedule is actual torture for me. My brain likes to become its like peak level of active at 1 a.m. All of a sudden, I have enough energy to clean my room, something I haven't attempted to do in weeks. Maybe she's born with it, maybe it's mania. Who knows? We're gonna do sad girl shit of the week. This week, my sad girl shit has been consuming excessive amounts of kombucha. If your friend goes from hating kombucha to suddenly loving kombucha, that bitch is depressed. And I say that coming from a place of personal experience because that once was me. I tried kombucha for the first time, almost threw up, I hated it. Then I got real depressed loved it and it was super depressing because it takes like two weeks to make one batch like what do i have to live for my next batch of blueberry mint kombucha that won't be ready for another 13 days i just kept on talking about how much i love the probiotics in it and it's like yeah 
probiotics are cool, but that doesn't mask your sadness. I'm not sure, maybe my taste buds stopped working. I can't explain it. Do I think it's a scientific fact? Absolutely. Do I have any evidence to back it up? Why would you need it? I think I've convinced you already. Depressed people are 10 times more likely to think that kombucha tastes good. I have not gotten into craft kombucha yet because I honestly feel like it would be too much for me to handle. So I just stick with G&Ts when I get it. And yes, I do walk to Whole Foods once a week and purchase two kombuchas for six dollars and yes I do contain multitudes and I do think that Amazon is a terrible evil company but also I have stomach issues so I am medically prescribed kombucha. I pay for it in nausea and constant bloating. I'm going to give you my top three flavors. I do not hold back when it comes to kombucha. I go absolutely all out. I'm not going to list something basic like ginger. Yes, I love ginger. It's amazing for your stomach. It has so many great properties, but no, not the core of the kombucha. I want something fruity and flavorful. I want to excite and confuse my taste buds. Every time I sip kombucha, I'm pretty sure my tongue is like, has this gone bad? Like objectively, I don't think kombucha tastes good, but I love it. I don't know how else to explain that, but I hope you understand. I hope you like kind of connect to what I'm saying. Anyways, top three flavors. Flavors, trilogy, guava, and watermelon. There will be no further questions. Anyways, now I'm spending Valentine's Day with my parents who have been happily married for 31 years, which is absolutely amazing for them and horrifying for me because instead of being alone and being able to just like hang out and chill by myself, I have to confront a level of love and commitment that I'll never have and I have to look at that and I have to think, oh my god, everyone expects me to find that thing that you have, but that's actually impossible nowadays. So like I'm just gonna fail because the men in my generation can't get it together enough to go to therapy I think honestly my only criteria right now is that you're a man who is willing to go to therapy or is in therapy or accepts that therapy is a real thing instead of like I don't know (laughs) punching a hole in a wall I just don't have the energy to be your girlfriend and your therapist unless you're paying me to do honestly both like I'm not going to teach you how to deal with your feelings for free I will do it for $140 an hour though and I realize that my bar is on the floor it's actually not even on the floor I think it's underground my bar for men is literally underground you need to dig down to the center of the earth to get it to find it to discover it but it's there I promise when I look at my parents who love each other so much and who have been through so much together and who have a happy stable marriage I think oh my god good for you (laughs) I just think that no one talks about how having married parents actually really fucks you up too because you feel this insane pressure and standard to reach and uphold because you're like well I saw my parents be happily married so like what excuse do I have I have to find the right person I guess we're like all fucked up just for different reasons. I don't even know if I'm allowed to swear. Am I allowed to swear? I have no idea. What are the rules of podcasting? I'm one person with issues. You're another person with issues and we're gonna just 
commit to being together forever? Like, how is that supposed to work as a concept? Like, that's what we're asking ourselves to do. We're like, okay, I know I have issues, right? So like, I'm totally fine having a partner with issues. I'm just trying to find someone who has like the opposite issues of me so that like we complement each other. I don't even want to be with myself forever. <laughs> like, honestly, by the time I became like 20 I was like oh my god this is exhausting can you get a new personality can that happen can we fix some things oh that's gonna take work well then we'll just put that off for a couple years until we can no longer avoid it so how am I supposed to commit to another human forever and I just don't want the drama that comes with the process of letting go of a relationship I'm an Aries let's be honest I'm not capable of letting things fizzle out I was talking to a friend recently and she was like yeah I think like the best relationship I ever had was with this guy and things just kind of fizzled out and I was like how does one do that she was like he moved away and then I kind of realized that my feelings were fading I was like wait so you don't have attachment issue I didn't know people like that existed I thought everyone had some bad form of attachment that could not be me actually you know what this is a good segue for our questions so another thing I did was poll Instagram to see if anyone had any topics or questions they wanted me to answer related to love relationships sex dating anything so I have some I've collected them and I'm going to answer a couple of them question number one doing psychotic shit during breakups I'm assuming you want to know if I'm pro or anti doing psychotic shit during breakups look if you're doing psychotic shit to avoid texting your ex then yes I absolutely support it as long as you're like staying safe and like not hurting anyone else do what you gotta do to not send attack here's the thing i hate the trope that women are psychotic after breakups because guys will be like i don't know man she just went crazy on me and it's like no you forgot to include the part where you gaslit her for the entirety of your relationship when i see a girl doing something psychotic after a breakup i have to think to myself how shitty was he because whatever he did to make her react that way is probably 15 times worse. Actually, I don't know why I gave such a conservative estimate. It's probably at least 100 times worse. Most likely infinity times worse. How much gaslighting, abuse, and invalidation did she endure to get to the point to do that quote-unquote psychotic thing? Post-breakup, do whatever you have to do to get those feelings out and move on. Second question, but stuff obviously this is a pro butt stuff podcast as long as you're consenting adults i'm not gonna pretend like i care what you do sexually if you want to have sex in a ronald mcdonald costume do i think that's weird yes am i gonna judge you for it yeah probably but i'm also gonna be happy if you can find a fellow human being that's cool with doing that with you i think the guys that are often the most scared of butt stuff are the ones who probably don't know how to pleasure a woman anyways and that's what they're afraid of like men will beg a girl to do butt stuff but then still hold antiquated homophobic views on gay love and sex and what i'm talking about here is men who are afraid of being pegged i honestly think that it was the broad city pegging storyline that really brought butt stuff to the forefront of the straight sex lexicon if i was a gay man i would probably be so annoyed listening to girls go on and on about 
butt stuff because I feel like straight people have a tendency to take fun gay things and ruin them like pride parades. Third question, age gaps. This one feels personal. I love a hot old relationship. They're like my favorite relationship. And when I say a hot old relationship, I don't mean a hot 19-year-old girl and a creepy 35-year-old man. And this is not a critique of women. It's a critique of 30-year-old men who like dating 18-year-old girls. Like, that's gross. Please trust me on this. It is not cool for a guy to want to date you when you're basically still a teenager and he's in his 30s. Yes, she's technically an adult. Yes, she can technically make her own decisions. But also just think for one second, why isn't he dating someone his age? What red flags am I ignoring? Aside from the obvious one, which is him wanting to date a teenager. He's gonna tell you you're special. He's gonna tell you you're different. He's gonna tell you age doesn't matter. And to that I say, I hope that holds up in court. He probably also reads poetry, which on its own is totally fine, but when you like 18-year-old girls is just gross. But then also like do not try to defend dating a 19-year-old to me if you're 33 years old. Anyways, I love a hot old relationship where like she's like 35 and he's like 65, and I love it because that just lays everything on the table. Like you know what's happening. He obviously has money and he wants to have a hot young wife. Relationships are so complicated and we're all constantly trying to figure out what other people's relationships mean. Like when we meet two people, we're trying to figure out who they are and who they are to each other, like what their dynamic is. And in a hot old relationship, it's just all there for you. You get it, you understand it. You don't have to spend your time figuring them out. I just love the radical honesty of it. Also, I definitely think it's disgusting that men who date younger women who are wealthy are like seen as these playboys, but the women are treated as gold diggers and it's like, well, no, he wanted a trophy wife. Why are you punishing her for that? That's his desire that's being reflected. I think the reason men get so mad and call women gold diggers is because they can't accept the fact that a woman is with them for something other than their personality. And they don't want to admit that maybe they're being used for their money because they think it's impossible that someone could not be in love with them. Like, what does it say about you that you wouldn't have a wife if you weren't rich? She shouldn't feel guilty or shameful for that. I feel like people that want to get mad about women like that are just mad that they're hot. Like, sorry you wear socks and sandals, Todd. Maybe if you were nicer to your wife, she would dress you better. Okay, last but not least, I love this question. It was the perfect question to receive, like chef's kiss. What should I do for Valentine's Day? I'm single and in quarantine. And obviously not sick with COVID quarantine, just stay-at-home orders quarantine. If you're single on Valentine's Day, I want you to take yourself out on a date. I want you to do all of your favorite things, and I want you to be so nice to yourself. Start the day out with a beverage of your choice. If you like tea, have a nice tea. If you like coffee, have a coffee. Maybe add a shot of your favorite alcohol to whatever you're drinking. Maybe disassociate and pretend like you're at your favorite bottomless brunch and have a mimosa. Maybe a pastry. I love pastries. If I was taking myself out on a date, I would absolutely have a pastry. Okay, this next part is going to sound kind of weird, but I want you to go 
to your local dog park and I want you to stare at some dogs and I want you to feel some happiness watching them run around. And then I want you to think about the fact that if you were dating a man, you would have to publicly admit on Valentine's Day that you like a straight man. Be grateful that you're not currently dating a straight man. Congratulate yourself for that. You deserve it. Because again, it's kind of an embarrassing time to be dating a straight man. If you have a bathtub, take a bubble bath. If you don't have a bathtub, turn on the shower and sit in the shower. Sitting in the shower is the ultimate form of self-care. And then I want you to do your favorite guilty pleasure. Mine is jeweling. Because a guy once told me that it's unattractive for women to jewel. Post a hot picture of yourself on Instagram to make any man who has ever doubted you immediately regret it. Venmo request the last man that burned you for $100 so you can pay for your dinner that night. And then I want you to watch The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants because it's more about female friendship than it is about love and I think that's really what we should center our lives around. And then I want you to go to bed peacefully without worrying and unbothered because you don't have to justify pictures of the man you're with to your friends when you show them by saying something like, okay, so this is just a bad picture of him or he's actually way hotter in person or my favorite, he's a really nice guy. Honestly, just celebrate that that's one less issue you have in your life and sleep peacefully because of it. And I love that for you. I think that's amazing. I also get very confused when someone is like, oh my god, we started dating during the pandemic. And I'm like, how? How does one date during a pandemic when you can't, like, touch other people? Like, I'm not allowed to touch people. It's illegal to touch people. How are you dating? I'm shocked. I'm confused. I'm curious. From a public health perspective, the fact that you're single and not celebrating Valentine's Day is actually your civic duty. I guess I will say though that if you were together before the pandemic, I guess you deserve to get to celebrate Valentine's Day because you made it through the pandemic with a significant other, which is kind of shocking, but I suppose slightly romantic. I don't know. There are like three good couples I know, so they can celebrate. The rest of you should probably break up with your boyfriend because you're hotter than him. I guarantee. But if you started dating during the pandemic, I'm so sorry. You're actually not allowed to celebrate. How did you find someone in the literal apocalypse? I'm just going to third wheel my parents until the end of time. Thank you very much. And I am totally okay with that. It builds character. But one of my friends said that her favorite way to celebrate, because she isn't really a Valentine's Day person, is to hate Valentine's Day with someone who she likes who also hates Valentine's Day. And I think that that is also an acceptable way to celebrate. If you're anti-Valentine's Day, but with someone cool that you like, I approve of that. Okay, so if you're in a relationship, I actually think the thing to do is to celebrate Valentine's Day apart because then that reduces the chances of you having a fight. Because like, I've only celebrated one real Valentine's Day and the day before I was like, Valentine's Day is a corporate holiday that means nothing and it tricks us into thinking love is tied to capitalism. But then on Valentine's Day when my boyfriend didn't wake me up with a dozen roses, an iced coffee, and my favorite donuts, I was like, do you even love me? And I knew I was being irrational, but I couldn't stop myself from feeling that way. I just feel like you're not gonna win on Valentine's Day. You just have to accept that. So I think the best thing to do is avoid each other on February 14th and then see each other the next day. Because by the next day, I was totally over it and I wasn't mad anymore and I was back to thinking 
thinking that Valentine's Day is stupid. Now it's time for Nice Thing of the Week, where I validate your decision to listen to this podcast. I got a message this week that said, you honestly told your story in such a meaningful but also hilarious way. It made me mad but also laugh. And that was so nice. You know why it's nice? Because honestly, when you validate me and then I validate you back, we just create a constant circle of validation. And that's amazing for both of us. We're like a never-ending whirlpool jacuzzi of validation. Now it's time for Dear Diary, the most honest podcast segment of all, where I read an excerpt of my weekly diary because I can't help but overshare. Dear Diary, I constantly ask everyone for their advice and opinion, and yet I still make dumb choices all the time. How does that happen? I've realized that my brain has an algorithm, and guess what? It's unhinged. I spent last Valentine's Day at the Hollywood Improv, and I missed Neil Brennan's set. Someone said he had a good joke about women and computers. Why did Lil Uzi Vert get a diamond implanted in his forehead? Love to you and me, Bria. I also want to do a list of the top three types of boys who would break my heart this Valentine's Day if we weren't in a pandemic. Number one is the type of guy that goes snowboarding and plays his music for everyone on the mountain. He's wearing a furry onesie and he definitely has less than five brain cells left. Number two is the 40-year-old skateboarder who skateboards down my street once a day. Sometimes I stare out my window and pretend that he is Romeo and I am Juliet. The third is oddly specific, but it's guys who wear hipster beanies and nail polish because I know that they're going to try to explain something to me that I already know. And even though I hate it when guys do that, there's something about a guy thinking I'm stupid and me knowing I'm smart that makes me like them because then I have to prove to them that I'm smart. And this is why dating is a literal hellscape. We're just gonna bang out segments in this episode. Okay, next we have Ask Like or Anything, one of the most loved segments on the podcast where my younger sister, Allegra, answers your questions, questions you have about life, questions you have about her, questions you have about yourself. She answers them and she gives you no bullshit advice. Why do we park on driveways and drive on parkways? Wow, this is philosophical. Okay, let me try my best to answer this. Alright, so after doing a little research, um, this comes straight off of miriamwebster.com. It looks like we have an answer. Um, That's a reliable source. Yeah, I hope this clarifies things. So, parkways were originally built as basically a road that went through a park originally meant for carriages to go through but now obviously we're using cars so there's sort of the connection comes not from parking a car but from the road going through a park a green space a green space whereas driveway came into written use actually earlier than parkway driveway didn't refer to where the path was but what the path was for which was driving. The earliest driveways were roads that ran alongside barns, where vehicles, like wagons, could drive up and either offload cargo or take on cargo. And that comes straight off of the website. That's a quote right there. To be honest, I thought the answer was going to be something like wild and philosophical, you know? No, not really. But it's just quite practical. It's It actually makes a lot of sense. The only reason those two things are confusing is because the use of those two spaces has changed. Exactly. It's just an evolution of language, really. Right. The word parkway predates when cars were even used. So that's why 
that's confusing and it's a very valid question i like that question yeah we thought we were gonna have a big debate about philosophy but actually we just googled something and found an answer yeah and it's kind of nice to have a resolution like that sometimes things are just easy yeah the odd time yeah that's philosophical Mm mm-hmm Also, this is a side note, but tell me what length of episodes you like. Do you guys like the longer episodes that are like an hour long? Do you like the shorter ones that are like 25, 30 minutes? Do you like a medium length, 45 minutes? I'm kind of all over the place. I understand that. Bear with me. But let me know if you have a preference because I'm very curious and I do really like getting this feedback and information. I don't know why, but I consider this little part of the episode after Ask a Leg or Anything to be like bonus content. Like, you know when they used to do like dvd commentary or like behind the scenes this is what i consider that to be like if you make it to this part then you get like a special little prize which is my random thoughts at the end of the episode me and my mom and my dad went to get pedicures well my mom and my dad got pedicures i got a manicure but that's why this episode is probably going to be uploaded a little bit later than usual today but it was really funny to see my dad in a nail salon not because there's anything wrong with it but because i totally realized that like men don't really have the background into like the environment that exists in a nail salon it was just funny to see him like discover what it's like because i feel like there's sacred spaces for women he was like shocked that the women knew us and that they like knew details about our life and I was like yeah I feel like your nail technician and your hairdresser basically know everything about your life you talk to them about your like most deep dark secrets and men don't have that they're honestly kind of like therapists like your nail tech is the person that you complain to about your boyfriend and she's probably thinking then you should probably break up with him but she'll never say that to you or maybe she will I think a good nail tech would tell you like you need to leave him And then when we left, he was like, that was great. I love that. I want to do that more often. Like, yeah, you should. All men should get pedicures. I am such a firm believer in that. It's like self-care. It's hygiene. There's nothing worse than a guy with gross feet. Like, I hate feet. And honestly, if you don't take care of your feet, that's like a huge red flag for me and such a turnoff. Like, me and my mom have been going to the same nail place since my parents moved and we go there whenever I'm back. And I honestly feel like those women know me on a deep level. There's just something about the bond between a woman and her hairdresser and a woman and her nail tech that is so crucial. They're truly the unsung heroes. Like I will not date a man with bad feet or ugly feet. It's just out of the question for me. It's something that I cannot get past. Like maybe if they got some form of corrective foot surgery, I guess some men have good relationships with their barber and that's probably as close to therapy as most men get. But honestly, I think if men went for a pedicure once a month, they would stop fighting with women on the internet. Like I think the reason that we don't freak out on the internet like men do is because we have an outlet and also because we're more mature and better with dealing with emotions and feelings. I actually got into another internet fight this week which was super fun. I remembered why I waited so long to put anything like related to my stand-up out on the internet because the more you put out obviously the more room there is for criticism and I'm totally fine with people giving valid critique of what I put out there, but I'm not fine with people critiquing me just because they're sexist, which is 
honestly, 99.9% of the critiques that I think female comics get online. Anyways, so I posted a clip of my stand-up to Zoom about dating, and this guy commented being like, yeah, you should really stop trying to date. So I wrote back, why? Do you want to date me? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And then I went to his profile, and he has no followers. His handle is no... PC for me, so I'm guessing that means that he's against PC values or the concept. I don't really know. Obviously, it's a white dude with blonde hair, and he only follows accounts uh, that look like really hot women in lingerie. They kind of honestly all look like fake profiles. It's probably a bot. I don't really know how bots work, but I honestly thought it was hilarious. So I just want to find out if he wants to date me because I'm just really curious. I'm obviously not interested. I would probably rather die alone because I actually don't think that there's anything wrong with dying alone. I'll report back if he wants to be my valentine. I'll save that for next episode. Maybe I'll have a surprise valentine come out of absolutely nowhere through internet bullying. And finally, I want to know what you did for valentine's day. What did you buy yourself? Did your ex text you? How was it? I want all the juicy details. Please report back to me. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm having so much fun doing this and I hope you're having fun listening. Thank you to my sister Allegra for doing Ask Allegra Anything and thank you to everyone that submitted questions to Ask Allegra Anything. Obviously this segment couldn't exist without it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving a rating or review. Thank you for sharing this with friends. Everything counts and I appreciate it. Remember, just because you're alone on Valentine's Day doesn't mean you have to be sad. If you're dating a man, though, you do have to be sad. I'm so sorry. I make the rules, and that's the way it has to be. I'll have a new episode for you next week. Okay, bye!